Tuning in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> all right, all right. Welcome, hey. everybody. I know, it's Friday. Friday. Friday, December 8th from the LBX Daily Show. And I guess we'll just get, we'll, we'll kick it off right away with talking a little bit about, uh, well, not, not talking about a little bit about it, but Fun Across America. So our friend Barry Zellickson, he's got his YouTube show, Fun Across America, and their latest video went live on Wednesday. They released their videos every other week. And this was a really cool episode because they went and visited the new Meow Wolf in Grapevine, Texas. So Nate Reinhardt, we have him, uh, he went and visited and went in and like for such a nondescript front entry like as you know if you know if anybody knows anything about meow wolf you can't let that fool you as soon as you walk in it's pretty impressive and so i would definitely recommend going to their youtube channel which is youtube.com slash fun across america and just check out the latest video you can obviously check out all the videos but this one does a pretty deep dive into a little bit about what's going on at the unreal the real unreal by meow wolf which where's which where's this located? This one? This one is located in Grapevine, Texas. Okay, right. Which is like basically just outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area. I mean, it's one of the it's one of the many, many suburbs that surround that whole metro area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this one looked pretty cool. I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, I love like the whole front how front porch of the house. Like you walk in and you're like in the whole front yard of a house, and then you go in. Like I don't I don't want to. You got to go watch. Just go watch the video because it's pretty cool. Um, but uh, I'm, yeah. I would definitely be excited to go check it out myself. Yeah, definitely, definitely cool stuff. All right, adding it to the list. Adding it to the list. <laughs> There's always so much to There's see. There's a massive list. Uh huh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, th- speaking of other things to see, um, who wants to go to Candyland? <laughs> like the real life Candyland, not the board game Candyland. Anyway, Although I would actually love to go to the board game Candyland too, because that right, place just looks awesome. I know. Okay. Well, this place actually kind of looks kind of like it. Anyway, let me show you a picture. This is Candyland and this picture just doesn't do it as much justice. I don't know. Why I couldn't grab a good one, but um, this is an event that is held in Andalusia, Alabama every year, every Christmas. And they've been holding this for a long, quite a few years now. I think this is their ninth year running it. And what they do is they transform the city every year into what looks like a Hallmark movie, okay? There's two main areas of the town that they decorate and do up. One is in their main center square court. They call that Candyland Court, which you're seeing a picture of here. And then they have another area called Springdale on Ice, where they do more ice attractions, skating, um, that kind of stuff. Now, you can kind of see through this picture, they have seriously sprinkled Christmas everywhere with the candy canes, the light decorating, and stuff like that. Uh, here in this picture, this is more the Springdale and ice area where you can do some snow tubing. You get in a tube and go down this big slide. They have the fake ice set up. And then in the bottom corner here, what they do is every um, half an hour, they run this snow blowing machine. So you kind of get the feel of fake snow. If you know, you, I guess in Andalusia, you, you're not getting any snow. So here's an opportunity to kind of check it out and see what the fluffy stuff is all about. They also do tons of other things in town. They have Santa there. You can go get Santa visits and pictures in this beautiful um, in this beautiful backdrop with Santa in his chair. They do horse-drawn carriage rides all through this town. They also have magical performers that walk the streets. So here you can see Elsa, um, and they have other ones as well. And then they have this really cool nighttime performance of 
it's an acrobatic performance. Uh, you can see like the hoops and like um, the sheets and all the gymnasts doing their stuff there. It looks pretty kind of funky and neat. Now, um, also all through the town, lots of places for fun, cool photo ops. You know, you've got your big Christmas uh, decoration here. You can sit in the Santa's sled. But I think the neatest thing that they do in all this is they create in both areas of town, these miniature houses. And they're like the perfect little playhouses for younger kids. They build things like churches, pirate ships, dog houses, grocery stores. And what's really neat is that each business in town sponsors and builds one of these houses for this Christmas production that they put on. And I just thought, wow, that's that's so cool. Every year they get to come up with the idea. They build the house. They put it together. Um, and, you know, you get to kind of walk in the house, do your little play kitchens and play around and uh, go in and out of the houses. I thought they were just super cool cute and cool. Anyway, they've been doing this for eight years. This is their ninth year this year running it. And they're just saying they keep on adding attractions every year and attendance is just growing and growing. Yeah. That's awesome. I love, I love those like the like town-based attractions that just grow year over year. They're organic. Like they're not, you know, things just happen organically. And um, the one thing I'll just say that first picture you showed like, that's not on you, like not being able to find a good quality photo. I think that's, that's on them. And so one of my issues, because we you know we have, we grab a lot of photos. We do things on a regular basis here. It's like if, if it's at least your hero image, make sure yeah. the hero image that you have available on your website is high resolution. So if press or other people want to grab it, like somebody can grab it and it's nice and it's a high quality image. Like it's not hard to do. So just a little word out there, a little word of wisdom or a little, you know, public service announcement or whatever, make sure that your main, a couple of main images of your facility are high res that can be used in other places if needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. Uh, all right. So one of the, one of the cool places that have gone all Christmassy is shipwrecked NYC. So they have uh, these guys where there's an 18 hole course. They're a pirate in Brooklyn themed mini golf course. They're hidden on the second floor of an industrial building in the Red Hook district of New York City. And while everything is still maintains their pirate theme, their swashbuckling theme, they've done a really great job at retheming for the holidays. Like they went all in to retheme their mini golf course for the holidays, which like all said and done, like their mini golf course is not super, you know, super like amazing, but what they've done with the theming is pretty incredible. And, you know, they've got here, like all this, like if you're looking, if you're not, if you're just listening, tons of Christmas trees, they put up Christmas lights, like hung wreaths everywhere, added some additional benches. Uh, they've done things on the walls, even so the murals, they hung like the sign that says, let it snow on the background. And they've, they've changed the lighting in their area as well to be much more themed around the holidays. Uh, they've added some archways and some candy canes that kind of created like a candy lane, a candy cane lane that you can you know, put your way through as well. And uh, then they've even like taken some of the palm trees and like put Christmas lights around the palm trees, you know, and put a Santa hat on the big skeleton closet, uh, the skeleton cave that they've got built here. And so they just done a really good job theming and you know, this, like, while they have other attractions, these guys, like they have little mini escape rooms and they have an arcade and they've got some good food and beverage and cocktails and things like it's clearly just a place to go and hang out, even if you're not going to mini golf all the time, but this isn't the type of attraction that's going to drive a lot of repeat visibility, repeat visitation on a regular basis and going and doing something like this, they call it like winter putterland. So this is a thing they do on a regular basis runs from December 1st through January 1st. So for one month, and what they're doing is they're trying to capture one more visit from a segment of their 
customers who have visited in the past and want to come back and always build a tradition potentially around going for putting with my family in winter putter land. And it's something I can always do. And it drives that regular repeat visitation. And then I can gather together with all of my friends or my family and a little selfie photo booth area where they've got this like fake fireplace set up and all these curtains, like make it look like this a little like Christmassy living room and family room with my family and then take pictures there. So uh, this was a great capstone to uh, like revised experience that they've done. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And ugly sweaters are trending really hard right now. Too, they're right? totally they're trending. Cool. Yes, absolutely. Totally they have been for a couple of years, but uh, they're, they're yeah. definitely getting, they're picking up steam for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. I was thinking that I'm like, we should start looking at doing some ugly sweater events, you know, like using that to drive people into our facilities. It could be a really neat thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, really like it. I wonder if they smell, they smell, uh, spray peppermint in the air, you know, and have uh, custom cocktails for Christmas. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if they've done that, I mean, I don't know about the smells because that's uh, that's like a whole other thing. I think that would be great if they did, but I'm I'm sure they didn't actually go into that in even on their website if they have specialty cocktails. But if they went to this much effort in theming, I'm sure they have one or two or three like specialty drinks for the holiday season. And, you know, actually, that's something that I've noticed as I've been doing, well, we'll call it research or exploring different things is that you they, people advertise a little bit about what they're doing, but they don't go into the full depth of it. And I find that really frustrating because I want to know what my whole experience is going to look like, because uh, I, I want to like, is there going to be a drink option? Is there going to be food options and the different things? And they just don't do a good enough job doing that. And I don't know if it's because it's too hard or they just don't find the value in it. But um, no, I think you you're totally right. I mean, we do like, I look at tons of websites on a daily basis of attractions and, and different venues. And I'm blown away at how few websites actually do a good job at conveying what their experience is going to be. Like we're going to look at a couple here. Like I struggled. I had to go to Google and get other people's pictures that they took of the uh, facility to show a few pictures for this next, for the next segment I'm going to talk about. Um, sure. And I shouldn't have to, I should be able to get, sure. you know, I should be able to see the experience without relying on a third party, taking a shitty picture from a, from a phone. And I should know, like you said, what their menu is going to be. Are there going to be custom drinks and things like that? Because I want, that gets me excited and incentivized oh, to come into the place. Like I can get, Oh man, can't wait to go have this drink or try this thing out when I come in or do this attraction instead of just showing up and, being surprised at what's there. Yeah, agree, agree. Mental note for our facility. Yes. <laughs> you yes, will never exactly. not know what kind be... of experience you're going to have. Yes, <laughs> yes. Be very clear what attractions are available and food That's and right. beverage options. That's yes. Right. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, ugly sweaters are in, but do you know what else is also in? Glamping. It's back again, of course. I don't even know if glamping ever went out of style, honestly. Um, and I'm I'm a glamper. I I love it. Um, but I'm not the only one that's all over it. So is Disney. And I have to say, I feel like a noob even saying this. And I, I didn't realize that Disney has a Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground located like right in the middle of the Magic Kingdom area. And oh my gosh, this place is incredible here. I'm going to pop up a picture of the map. This is a map of where it's actually located. Um, it's it's nuts. It's like, it's 750 acres of wilderness. Uh, it's got pine and cypress trees all mixed in there, streams and different lakes you can see. Now, I don't know if those are man-made lakes or if they were natural lakes that they built around. They didn't say um, it has tons of woodland trails in there, um, pool areas and tons of fun outdoor entertainment. Uh, now, it's equipped with different types of campsites. So you can see here um, the main one up on the top left is where you go check in. But they have places where you can come and bring your RV in, park your RV on a pad. They have some glamping tents, 
areas set up, which looks so gorgeous. And then down in the bottom right corner, I thought this was beautiful. The tent all lit up at night right by the water. And you can see the little heron down there in the corner, right? I mean, just amazing. Um, each each site has water. Uh, it actually has a cable television hookup, electrical hookups, picnic table, and a charcoal grill. Now, um, some of the other attractions they have are... Um, uh, they have uh, archery, horseback riding, canoeing, fishing, and you can see down here on the right, um, this little camping s'mores Chippendale campfire area, which is super fun. They also have some cute themed restaurants. So this one is, this is pictures of their uh, Crockett's Tavern. So all done up like a baby Crockett style, which you can get some really neat, unique kind of styles of food there. And from what I've also read, they are changing out some of their cabins. So right now they have about 300 different cabins on site. You can see the old ones here on the left um, and kind of what the inside looks like. They're now going to be removing all these cabins and putting some new eco-friendly cabins in in the new year. And hmm. oh my gosh, um, this picture just didn't turn out too well. And this is my fault actually on this one. Um, but you can see what these little portable cabins are going to come and drop the outsides look like and some of the insides. I thought they just did a great job of like making them look new and fresh and outdoorsy and campy. And it's really animated in that Disney style, right? Now, each cabin has a bedroom, a bathroom, kitchen, and private deck, which is super awesome, bunk beds, and a Murphy bed. And it can accommodate up to six different people. And I don't know about you, but this completely appeals to me for some reason, just, you know, being there in the outdoors. And then you can hit up all the parks. There, I guess there's even a boat you can take to go to some of the parks. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this is definitely, this, this is a must. I think like the next time, if I, if I ever have a chance to take my family to the magic kingdom, uh, this is where we would absolutely stay. Like th this just looks awesome because you get to pair that wilderness outdoorsy side with like all your the glitzy theme park excitement and absolutely love it. I, and, and this is actually done by a lot of large park, like a large theme parks and amusement parks. They have like RV parks and wilderness things connected to them. Um, now I wouldn't say wilderness, like, but they have like, um, uh, like, yeah, RV parks and things like that, where you can bring your RV, stay in your RV, but then go to their theme parks. So like there are those types of lots. And I think Disney's just as they always do leveled up significantly. And I love that, like, even during they didn't have to, but even during the s'mores time, what do they do? They bring out Chip and Dale and you get a chance to have s'mores with a character. And like, they're always thinking about how to infuse their IP with their activities. And I think they've just done a fantastic job. Now, if it weren't, if, if we weren't always so crazy busy during IAPA Expo, like in Vista K, as we've talked about, we know those, those like yeah. are going to get expensive because of Epic Universe. Oh man, how awesome would it be to stay in one of those during the week of Expo and like just chill, like in the evenings, like just go back, chill, have some like campfire and then go back to the craziness. But mm -hmm. you know, you can't get to the suite very easy if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're camping. Yeah, a little far away, yeah, <laughs> a little a little too far far away. but it'd be pretty freaking cool. Uh, yeah, maybe right. for a little retreat after or something like that. Yeah, I like that idea. Right for the leftovers, you know, the leftovers night or whatever. Like yeah, that's yeah, uh, not right. a bad idea, actually. Idea. Uh, might actually have to think about doing that next year. Uh, all right. I'm going to do a quick rundown. So I, I was going through the news today and all I kept seeing was arcade bar opening, arcade bar opening, arcade bar opening. And so I was like, all right, we got to cover some of these. There's three new one brand new opening and two reopenings that are just uh, that just popped up. So like they were closed down for a little bit, renovated, brought in some new stuff and then reopened. Uh, the first one I'm going to bring, I'm going to talk about here is the, it's called new arcade bar. Uh, well, sorry, it's not a new arcade bar. It's called the Greta bar. It's a new arcade bar. And this is their new location is based in Toronto. 
that's opening, but they have a couple of locations already. Actually, Christine's very familiar because there's one in Calgary and she knows a number of the people that are involved in that. Uh, but they've got basically games that include Papa Shot basketball, some air hockey. They're going to have 50 arcade games. They offer street food, cocktails, craft beers. And, uh, you know, here's a here's an example. I thought this was an interesting take on how they cover the different games that are there. So when you talk about what to expect, you know, what your experience should be like, they actually have like, I could go to each of their three locations and then they don't have Toronto listed here yet. Um, but the, you know, I can go and see which games I can actually play at each of these locations and the brands are listed out here. So I thought it was actually really unique. I hadn't seen that. Like a lot of arcade bars will just list them off in like a list that of here's all the games, but this has all the actual logos. And I thought they did a good job with that. Um, so the first grid of our opened in Calgary, as Christine knows, in 2018. And the Toronto location at 12,500 square feet will be their largest and it will open up in the spring of 2024. So opening up here in the next few months. Um, I don't know if you want to share, you know, talk a little bit about your experience and like how well the one in Calgary yeah. does. I'd be really, you know, interested to understand how well they're going to do. Uh, yeah, specifically know, Greta, like they've done a really great job. That that bar is just a fun bar, and the design um, inside is kind of like um, a graffiti back back alley kind of style. That's what it looks like. But I mean, the beautiful thing about this bar, I mean, it's perfectly located in Calgary, right along a busy strip where people are kind of going up and down and bar hopping through the night. Um, they carry all the awesome beers there. I mean, Calgary is known for its microbreweries and, you know, great selection of beer. And then their food um, in this particular location, um, it's really cool. It's set in the back wall and they've create, taken um, a old uh, a side of a, like a food truck and they stuck it against the wall. And in the back, they have a completely scratch kitchen, actually, which is pretty unique for something like this. And they create really, really neat little bits and bites of food that is uh, I mean, they're just so well done. Um, everything that you order just tastes amazing, right? And so it is a little bit different than what I've seen at typical bars. You're getting a bit of an upscale experience. The environment's super cool. And then downstairs, there's a little dance floor to dance on, but little dance floors are always the best where you're crowded and, you know, you're bouncing around in there. Really fun drinks. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the staff are really enthusiastic and it's always a great experience going there. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so I imagine the one in Toronto, they're going to try to, uh, you know, hopefully carry that same experience, the same feel into that one as well. And um, yeah, so the next bar, the next, uh, I'll call it bar, but arcade bar is called Aftershock Classic Arcade. And they've reopened in Madison, Wisconsin. And they're, they feature games that have been this one's interesting because it's been slowly acquired by the owner, Brad Van, over multiple years. So he actually bought his first game. It was a broken Pac-Man machine back in 1997 for $100. So he's been acquiring classic arcade games for a long time. And, you know, he calls it's you know, Wisconsin's original classic arcade back and better than ever. Their first one opened in 2000. I'm sure it had just not nearly the same number of games. And... They actually call the home of the bar Tari 2600, which is awesome. This bar is themed. It's got like the, the Atari top built into the top of the bar. And then, you know, you've got your all the different uh, heads for the different beers. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Overall, the interior of this bar looks a lot like if you know, I've spent a lot of time in Wisconsin because I have a lot of family there. It looks like a Wisconsin bar with some arcades in it. So like there's nothing super fancy about it. But, um, you know, the front facade, I've, I tried to I decided not to put a picture of the front facade because I thought it like didn't do it justice. And so, um, you know, anyway, the interesting thing about this, though, is because the retro nature of the games involved, the arcades run on a token system. And so 
these guys take a slightly different approach than the next bar or the next arcade bar I'll talk about where in a lot of arcade bars, especially classic arcades, where they're actually still like taking tokens and requiring people to pay on a per game basis. So Arcade 92 is the next one. And in this one, it's game. You can play games from the 80s all the way to modern games. Um, but these guys, again, you know, just lots of old classic games, but you just pay a $13 per person for all you can play. So all the games are on free play mode and you can just play the games as much as you want. And uh, they also have uh, FB with cocktails, craft beer. They have a full food menu. And, you know, they're, this is their second location that's just opening up. This is in Sun uh, South Flower Mound in McKinney. And then their um, the first location was in McKinney, Texas. And so they now have uh, two locations, both located in Texas. So, this is the little roundup of a couple of bars that have just recently arcade bars that have recently opened and all have slightly different business models as an approaches to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's neat. I like that idea of just paying a fee and then you go in and play all you can play uh, in the arcade space. That's really neat. It's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up for today's edition of The Daily Show. So this is, as usual, CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. See you later, everyone.